And we begin with the idea that this is the ninth world. And the fastest growing city in the ninth world is a, a city that has grown virtually overnight called Nguyen. It is built on a set of ruins uh, from a currently in the process of being removed Red Cliff Keep. And after a battle wherein the possession of Nguyen moved, three new cities grew up uh, with a fourth in the middle connected by nanite-built uh, suspension bridges that allow for quick transit by carriage, by walking, or by taking some sort of beast of burden through and through. Nguyen has one of the most egalitarian cities and uh, viewpoints in the known world. Uh, mostly in the steadfast, it's kingdoms and duchies and baronies and who your parents were matter more than what you can actually bring to the table. Nguyen changes that, and it threatens to upset all sorts of order. There are other geopolitical things going on, but for you four, uh, the, our, our adventure begins at about 4.21 in the morning, or exactly 4.21 in the morning. Uh, are any of you awake at that early of an hour? Probably me. I don't sleep much. I don't okay. really need sleep. So Pod is awake. Where where are you? Are you in your home? Do I have a home? You can have anything you want from an abandoned building to a newly built building to a yes. street corner. I feel like Pod would be like in an abandoned building. So this building is a, was a storage area and is going to be renovated by the builders of the city, by the engineers, but they haven't done so yet. Uh, and they don't know that you live. So. Cool. Anybody else awake at 421 in the morning? No, I feel uh, I tend to stay up a little late working on uh, maps and research and stuff. So I'm probably well. Got um, I think I would probably be getting up in approximately 39 minutes because my sleep system wouldn't actually turn off and my system wouldn't boot up until exactly five. Right. You've got your cyborg alarm saying five o'clock, wake up. Roger, what about Jack? Does Is he awake? Definitely not. Okay. What about Terrence? Is he awake? Terrence would just be not powered down, but he'd be either sitting and just essentially waiting or working on some things as well because he works with a jack on various projects. So if he's working in the workshop, then he'd be kind of puttering around in there. Cool. Okay. At 421, there is a loud, incredible boom. And depending on where you live in the city, violent tremors and sh uh, it is jarring to say the least because this is not known as a part of the world that has earthquakes. And even for the old timers, specifically Chris and Jack, when the city was built, it didn't boom. It was quiet. So this is not something that has been heard since the Red, uh, Red Cliff Keep was taken by the current mayor roughly five years ago. So it's you guys are waking up with a start. Neighbors are getting out of bed, knocking on doors, making sure people are okay, except for Pod, because you don't have any neighbors. Uh, Jack, Terrence will knock on your door, being like, hey, hey, are, are you all right? Uh, Chris, nobody comes to find you. They don't even knock on your door to see if you're okay. 
I accept this. Uh, so you were. If just I can ask, the, the sure. It was a boom and a tremor, like in terms of an earthquake kind of thing. What kind of Richter scale are we looking at? Are there cracks uh, in the wall and shit's falling all over, or just it was loud and it rattled a little bit? Loud and rattled uh, for you guys, because you're in the older... I know you're in the older city, um, but for people that want to live in fancier parts of town, it might have been worse. And if you live, like, in the fanciest part of town, like, Pod might be living in the soon-to-be-renovated part in fancy town, that was a little bit worse. All right, I'll... Uh run to a window just to kind of get a look at what's going on. Uh, so from your vantage point, you know, first of all, tell us about your vantage point, Chris. What, what does Vince, what does Chris's home look and where is it? it it's a, a long-term stay hotel. So I'm probably on like a, a weekly or monthly renewal. So, uh, you know, it's, it's decent. It's, well taken care of, but it's nothing fancy. Probably on, you know, a second or third floor. And is it in the old city, or did you move to one of the newer cities? The I, old part of town, I should say, so it's not I, as confusing. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd be sticking around the older part of town. Okay. So your, your town, your town home, your long-term rental, you are in the Frosted Ankeg. So it's a, the oldest travel in, in Nguyen, one of the oldest travel areas, or way stops, probably in the known world. So you got that going for you. It's pretty stately and quaint. Or excuse me, cozy and quaint. And you can see from your quaint and, and cozy enclosure that uh, towards the, uh, well, the, we can see where the new city is. It's over this gigantic lake that has uh, got some unusual properties, which we will discuss later. But it is currently shaking, and it looks like off to the east, one of the suspension bridges that connects the cities to each other, one of them, uh, like two of the cables have broken, uh, which is the first time this has happened uh, in the history of, in, in the last five years. All right, so this definitely piques my interest, so I'll start uh, getting together my gear and pulling on and activating my armor, but that'll take a little while, but I do want to go investigate and figure out what's going on. So Rue, Pod, and Jack, what do you guys want to do? I think Rue would actually be in the closet of maybe the same tavern that Chris is in, and some kind tavern keeper actually opened the door and kind of booted up my system early so as soon as i would go outside i would look i would see dust everywhere and i'd start looking for a broom to sweep so i think i would be sweeping for a little bit first until you know i had some type of inclination to see what was going on so the, the woman who turned you turned your or helped you boot up and let you let you stay there was the one that you know came down to see how you were there are things that have been disheveled and knocked over. A bottle of liquor has been disturbed. And so you helping her mop up and clean up. Uh, her name is Sika. Uh, and she uh, is you know, middle age, uh, very kindly, you know, plain, but very popular just because everyone talks to her about something. She has that kind of face that makes you want to talk to her, that you can confide in her. And it's after a while of you guys you know, mopping in, in relative silence. And she says to you, like, you can 
it doesn't look like anything's happening. You can go back to um, sleep. Oh, no, no. I'm okay. My system's awake for the day. Well, my system is not awake for the day, and so I'm gonna go make start a pot of uh, luwak if you want any. L luwak is basically coffee. Uh, you can Google luwak and find out what it, what it's kind of like, but it's not. It doesn't come from a berry on land. It come. It's one of the major trading things that comes out of Nuyen. Uh, the city is famous for this type of drink. So she is making uh, luwak. I think I would kind of look at her, kind of tilt my head somewhat, and then just go back to my cleaning. Oh, yeah, you don't have the induction port for enjoying a beverage, I guess. Nope, it's all through injection through the pipe systems of my internal, my internal, like, mainframe. So it's actually more like a, an injection almost, kind of like how you would fill a car with gas, kind of like a tank situation. So there was someone here the other day who had some sort of cipher that looked like it would it was an injection system. Uh, they tried to barter it away. I mean, I, I for room and board, and I turned them away just because we don't need their kind here. Like that stuff never goes well. It's always for you know something other than cough than than, than luwak. So, uh. Next time, if I see him, I'll point him out. In case you want to partake in the greatest thing ever created by humanity. Greatest thing ever by humanity. Okay, then. Yeah. It, it is. Better than any alcoholic beverage ever made. Um, uh, alcoholic beverage? You've been here how long? And we haven't taught you about alcohol. Okay, Rue. Tonight, you're going to learn about alcohol. Isn't that a medical use? Isn't that something to clean wounds? Oh, my sweet river child. We're going to have to fix that. And you guys continue to banter. Uh, uh, Jack, what happens? Uh, Terrence wakes you up. You can see from your vantage point the same thing that Chris could two uh, cables on the suspension uh, bridge have been broken um, and they're dangling now. What do you do? Well, he would have actually had, as soon as there was a bang, if it was loud enough like you're describing, he would actually have burst out of bed to go and find Terrence. There's the that instinct kind of thing to make sure that he was all right. And he might have even sounded somewhat shaking shaken up when he asked him to make sure that he was all right and not hurt in any way from the I, i'm oh go ahead no no what were you gonna say uh terrence just says to you i'm i'm functioning at a 98 efficiency i'm just a little uh drain okay i will uh first of all does this area this world have a similar type of internet so that if I said, check the social or news or whatever, have you heard anything? That's a thing there. This is a thing here. Uh, however, it's a little bit more, uh, you, you, it's a little bit more um, difficult than just say, just check Twitter. Uh, some people can just check what's called the data sphere. 
Terrence um, is not necessarily just built for that. Okay. Okay, well then in that case, you said that I saw the suspension bridge, so I I see what the, the problem is. Yeah. But is that a job that a single human being could, or even just a couple of people, fix? Using that the technology that's available then? It'll take a team of people, uh, probably, to fix something like this. And people who are, you know, trained as structural engineers and then emergency people to, you know, if okay. somebody's, like, on that bridge and the shaking got they got caught between, like, I don't know, one of the mobile carriages and a wall, so they get crushed, medical personnel would be needed. It's not necessarily the most busy time of the city, but there's always activity Sometimes it's even legitimate activity. So are we to deduce from what we see outside that the whatever earthquake occurred or whatever caused that bang is what caused those things to snap? You know, uh, you would probably think that it's one of two things. One, the snap was the bang. Or the bang was uh, something exploding to uh, happen. However, since there's no, like, uh, you don't see any smoke, you can make a perception check to see if it's anything, like, if you're missing something, like, pay actual attention to it. But off the top of your head, from what you can see just at a glance, it doesn't look like anything exploded. So it's probably the bang was the separation of the cable from the bridge. Okay, so I've already deduced that. I've I've figured that out on my own. Yeah, I think that's a fair thing to figure out. Okay, so that still means that there was an earthquake or something caused the bridge to shift, and that's what something caused, caused it. the bridge to shift. Yeah, I'm gonna ask Terrence if he was, um, if he remembers how much time passed between when he first started feeling rumbling and he heard the bang. How precise would Terrence be in reporting that? He is AI. There's AI in there, so he would be pretty damn precise. Uh, he relates uh, fully one second and uh, point uh, 2.4 seconds is what he says. Rounding up. Okay. Uh, Jesus. I don't know. I'm going to need a minute. Okay, well, you guys are thinking about that. Yeah. What does Pod do? So, Pod can't be the only squatter. At least, I don't think he would be. So, after things settle down, he'd just kind of grab his bag that has all of his possessions, sling it over his shoulder, and then go out and see if anybody needs assistance with anything. Uh, if anything's fallen on anybody, or, you know, anybody needs, like, a pathway clear, or something along those lines. Where... Where is Pod specifically? Like, is he on the other side of the bridge, or is he connect? Or like, in the old town? Like, where where is he? Yeah, old town sounds about right. Okay, uh, so in old town near the frosted ankeg, there isn't. It's just people like outside, like looking at these these cables. But there are some folk who are. Uh, getting towards the nearest station to get on the bridge to go over uh, to help in the newest part of town. Okay. But otherwise, there's no 
it's more like shock and being startled awake and looking outside uh, than at least here. All right, but everybody looks, everything looks like they're okay for the most part. It doesn't look like there's any damage or anything like that. Nothing, nothing along those lines. Correct. Aside from the bridge. Correct. Uh, aside from the bridge, uh, old Nguyen is fine. And that bridge, does it look like the cable snap that's going to be like, is that going to be a problem or is that just kind of a thing that happens and will get repaired? It's it's the first time it's ever happened. So it's hard to say that it's a thing that happens. Um, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around how difficult something like that would be to repair. Um, but, you know, this is a city that literally built that bridge over a span of days. Uh, first starting as small, almost invisible lines that just kept building back and forth. Uh, so it, it should be able to fix itself, you think. I mean, it made itself. It should be able to fix itself. All right, cool. I don't really know what else Pod would do then if nobody really needs immediate assistance and doesn't look like anybody's in danger. He sort of has nothing else to really go do. Yeah, sounds like he could just go back to squatting or like go read yeah just go wander wander around see see what's up just kind of keep wandering he's awakening out now so did he want to join up with the people that are going from old new yen to the city center to help yeah sure why not gotcha okay uh roger what about jack has he made up his mind what he's gonna do Okay, is this where, uh, I'm just completely out of character, is this where we're trying to lead the group over to there to meet up there? Uh, not necessarily. Okay, because we don't want to split the group up is what I mean. So if we're, if this is like we were looking for a logical reason why the characters would head that way, then it can be as simple as that too, just wanting to help and just grab some gear so that we can head over and see what we can do. Don't worry about that. Um, like what happens next when everybody tells me how they react to this thing, we're going to montage it up and then will it actually be the first interactive scene with you guys all together. So then so it's up to you in that case, then I would have grabbed a set of whatever the equivalent would be to say binoculars in that world and found a vantage point to look onto the bridge. Is there anybody on that bridge in imminent danger? There's nobody on the bridge that is in imminent danger. Uh, there is a carriage that is, uh, from what you can see, that has been, uh, that is smashed into the wall, but it is not fallen off. Uh, it's a guard break. You can see now clearly that there's a wall of force that's been activated. So it's like pushing and it's shimmering in a weird kind of way that is indicative of some sort of Numenera quality. It's shimmering and there's like occasionally like bands of light and blue, just light blue, just going forth uh, as if to keep it from pushing over. But it's still it hit the carriage hit that thing pretty fast. Um, so the people inside there at the very least would be pretty badly jostled. But you can also see that both from the city center side and the other, the, the Melvick side that things are, uh, excuse me, the Theramore side, things are people are headed that way to help them. Okay. That... You can also see, you can also see pod is on his way into the city center. Okay. All right. Make note of that. Um, 
if he's looking around, then he would have noticed then he's not needed in that way. He would have done a scan around the rest of the city to see if there's anything. I know you, you said it looks fine, but again, trying to determine are there is there anything else shaken up, any puffs of cloud or smoke or anything anywhere else in the city, or was it right in that one spot that looks like it was the epicenter? So anybody that is looking uh, for like uh, damaged areas outside, you make me a perception check, Roger, because of your binoculars, you roll with advantage. So Roger, you don't see anything outside that is particularly like there's a cloud of smoke or anything, but it's also, it is dark. So you're not entirely sure that you're even looking like there's a lot of space to look. So you may not, you're not convinced that there's nothing you are can, you just, just don't see it right now. Okay. Just to narrow down one last time, I'm going to ask Terrence, where did the sound come from? Uh, Terrence, uh, points to, um, where the bridge and the cable would connect on the other side and says it snapped, uh, there, the boom happened there. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Vince, what's Chris doing now? Is he, 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 I remember, if I remember correctly, he said he was going outside to help, um, you see Pod going into city center. You can see Jack uh, on the roof of his building with binoculars out. What do you want to do? Uh, not so much interested in help because I don't particularly care, but uh, definitely if something interesting is going on, I want to figure it out. So I would assume uh, first thing I do is come clomping down the stairs and see Rue in the, the main room of the inn. That's exactly what you see. Uh, and your entry point is when uh, Sika says, oh, my sweet river child, we have so much to teach you. Ah, Rue. Seems uh, something interesting is going on outside. Want to come with me and have a look? Is it the alcoholic beverage? I'm sorry, I did not catch that. Is it the alcoholic beverages? Maybe, maybe after. Oh, well, I'll look at Sika and see if I can get like an approving look to leave. And if she agrees, then I'll just drop what I'm doing literally on the ground. And just follow Chris. So what is Chris's relationship with his landlord? I, I feel he's a... Uh... He's, he's not a problem tenant. Like, he's quiet. He keeps to himself. He pays his rent on time. But that not really a social. I... So Sika's the kind of woman that wants to make sure that everybody at least has the opportunity to get involved with stuff. So she would have knocked on his door. Uh, Chris is certainly among the more weird things she's seen, but not the weirdest thing she has seen. Uh, so would Chris have gone down to, like, the ninth world equivalent of trivia night. No, he probably would have come up with some sort of excuse as to, you know, pressing research that uh, can't wait or something like that. It might've even been true. Gotcha. Sika uh, uh, looks, uh, also does Chris drink basically ninth world coffee? Oh, absolutely. He 
you know, those all-nighters he has to keep fueled. Gotcha. Uh, so Sika just says the Luwak will be on in about 15 minutes or so. So it'll be hot when you guys come back. So she gives uh, Rue a nod and then you guys go to get to do what you do. Yeah, I'll rub some more of the sleep out of my eyes like, oh, that sounds that sounds great and head towards the door. And I'll literally just follow right behind Chris, just kind of nonchalant, just be like, okay, I guess I'm going for a walk. She does. She just drops the mop and just walks out. Pretty much. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so, uh, you this, uh, the the same scene is you see can, you can see Pod joining up with people, getting on the carriage to go into the center of the city to figure out what. Um, you could see on his rooftop Jack looking out. Oh, what do you guys decide to do? I think if I see Jack, he's up there with his binoculars. Like, can I call up to him, or would I have to like physically climb up there and knock on? You could you could call up to him. It might be he might take a, a call or two for him to hear you, um, but it wouldn't be impossible. Old Old Nguyen is not uh, is a, is is. Um, outside of a couple of things, it's not the, the, the most sparsely connected. It's kind of dense, so you should be able to hear him. Yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll yell up from, from the street, like, Jack! Hey, Jack! See, uh, see what the commotion's all about? Hey, Jack! Jack! You see the commotion? Pod also hears both of those things as he's trembling towards getting on the I just kind of turn around and like wave my arms wildly to get their attention and point to the carriage and the bridge. Gotcha. So I'm going to look down at, uh, at, um, the two there and just say, I can't see anything other than just the, the bridge, the wires snapped. I don't know what happened, but we did feel a tremor. I don't know if you guys felt it. Kind of, kind of hard to miss. I just kind of keep copying Chris. Yeah, it's kind of hard to miss. <laughs> okay. I love it already. I'm going to look at her and say I could fix your voice box later if you want, but right now we got to concentrate on this. I thought you'd take me more seriously if I spoke like this. And then I'll just go back to my normal voice. Uh, Pod is waving you guys, and you can all see him, like, waving and pointing to the to the carrot yeah i think a, a closer look is definitely what we need so i'll be like hey, i'm gonna gonna try and catch a ride over there and see see what there is to see i'll probably actually walk up to pod and be like pod do you want a ride and i kind of like signal towards my shoulders and i would just do the running for us you, you know i can walk I appreciate it, though, but there's also this thing called a carriage. We can just, you know, get on it. Oh. Well, okay, then. Jack just for the record, I want to make it very clear that when Rue offered to basically give Pot a piggyback ride, that is the first time I covered my mouth in shock and horror as the DM. So, good job, uh, but I just wanted that to be very clear. Okay. I'm very confused by that reaction, but okay. If that shocks you, oh boy. <laughs> well, 
I well, we from the prelude session, like Pod isn't dumb. He wants to be helpful, doesn't want to be misunderstood, right? And it's Marty's reaction to like, oh, you're offering to carry the short person. That seems a little he's not gonna get I me, mean, Pod's not gonna like flip out on her. If it was a random, maybe. But gotcha. like I assume he knows Rue enough to know that Rue just does Rue things. So it's just kind of like a I I'm I'm fine. I got this. It's okay. Thank you. Gotcha. I kind of just nod and take a mental note of it and I'm like, Pod doesn't like rides. Pod likes carriages. <laughs> do you say that out loud? I do. He he just like, like reaches up and like pats you on the arm and says, Yes, let's go with that. Okay. So, uh, Chris, you join? Yeah, I'll uh, climb in and join along. And Jack, do you join and, and take the carriage over? Not going to go by carriage, but I'm going to just haul her down to them to go ahead. We'll catch up and then go inside and get Terry and grab some some tools that maybe would help in this kind of situation. And some okay. scanners, too. Something that we can scan to see if there were tremors or if there's something else in the atmosphere or something else going on. Gotcha. Uh, Roger, do me a favor and roll 1d10 for me. Actually, hold on. You don't need to roll it. Um, you do scan some stuff. Uh, and you will I'll tell you guys uh, in this montage scene. Uh, in city center, uh, the vice mayor who is uh, known as the Viceroy. He was a compatriot of the old uh, mayor before she became mayor. Um, he is, uh, if this was a movie, he would be played by Paul Giamatti. Uh, he dresses like a puffed up pirate. Uh, he has a, a synth arm and a glass eye. Uh, and he's got very elaborate braids, but a very, very bald pate. So the braids are the back of the head, kind of like the crown of his head. Uh, and he's directing people to go to uh, who's going where, what things need to be done. Uh, there are actual guardsmen out to assist. And you guys, uh, you guys give me one thing that you accomplish each that night, uh, the night the cable broke for the suspension wire. Uh, it could be anything from you helped clean up the town to you rescued somebody on the bridge to you discovered what the problem was. It's all up to you. Well, Jack would have been doing his scans and all that. So if there was something that he would have discovered, be it again, that it wasn't just a, an earthquake, that it maybe it was some sort of explosion below ground or something else, or some gases that were kind of stuck there that exploded and released, whatever but it would have been along those lines for him. So if he would have figured it out, then fine. But if not, at least he would have had some data to study later on. Gotcha. We're going to come back to that in a second. Um, what is Rue? What's Rue's contribution to this night? Uh, Rue would probably have picked up um, maybe nearby rocks or debris that could have possibly been a potential danger for civilians. And so she would have tried to kind of arrange it in a way so that there was a clear path for a rescue assistance to come in without it kind of causing any immediate or imminent danger or, you know, any hazardous situations from happening. Okay. Uh, what does Chris, 
Uh, I have a feeling that uh, Chris is just more happy, like being, like being there to observe. But uh, through that, he probably uh, passed out a med kit or two from his armor to gotcha. help any that were injured. So you actually like heal people while you're out. Yes. Gotcha. And what does Pod do? I mean, he would have been like digging people out of stuff, making sure everybody's okay, like doing sort of like the strongman routine. Like, I I don't know how to heal people. That's more Chris's thing. Uh, I can just make sure stuff is not in people's way, and that's kind of what I do. Okay. I don't know how to heal people either. The armor does. <laughs> yes, you have the capability for it. I, I cleave things in half. So. So that's literally what happens with your great axe. You cleave some of the synth, the heavier synth, which is uh, a ninth worlder term for synthetic material. This stuff is really heavy. So it's, uh, it's used to, um, in this case, it was very, it was supporting other parts of buildings and is built to withstand very uh, destructive kind of attacks, maybe, or maybe it's just what, the previous worlders wanted to build their towns out of who knows uh but you've managed to cleave some of those in half to help dig people out uh rue helps to move all that stuff chris managed is to use his armor to help clear uh to heal people uh what does it look like uh for uh for jack what's his scanner look like and it's a this is going to be a, a one of your ciphers so don't worry about it you're going to get another one in this adventure um but uh like maybe within the next couple of minutes but what does it look like and what does it do to help you figure out what happened okay uh well basically <laughs> think star trek scanner just basically just a handheld device that can check the what's in the air to isolate you know what's normally there and if there's anything different how's that okay uh, original series where it's got the little remote that helps at, or like a medical tricorder or is it like just tricorder? I'm going to leave that up to you. You know this world better than I do. In in my mind, it's just a think something a little bit bigger, say, than a an iPhone, something that kind of size or whatever that has the capability to analyze the air. Okay. Uh, so you pull out one of your scanners. Uh, it doesn't have a remote attached to it. Uh, it is a a flat black device uh, that you have uh, tweaked a little bit. So it reads out in a language you could read. Then uh, as you're scanning it, uh, it points out that there's a, a lack of power to one of the cables. Um, and that uh, it seems that it, it gives you a full diagnostic readout of what happened. And then it shorts out ciphers being a one use item. Um, this scanner, you used it, and now it's uh, once you're done using it, it dissolves in your hand uh, into dust. Doesn't hurt. It just kind of fades. Oh, okay. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what did it tell me in terms of atmospheric stuff? Was there anything different in the air? So the atmosphere is uh, absolutely untouched. Um, like there was, there were no dust clouds, no particulate matter. Uh, everything it gives you everything from like ozone, 
ozone distribution down to particulate matter, down to allergen count, down to spore and mold count. Nothing happened there. Uh, it then uh, shifted towards analyzing the cable structure, um, and it reads out like um, uh, what the power of a working cable is, what the power levels of the broken cables are, uh, and then it deduces that uh, at the station, at the apex where the cable was attached on the, the other side of the city, uh, that's where it broke, and it seems it broke due to a power failure. Like, the power failure happened, and this thing just broke off. Would I be able to see any integrity issues elsewhere on the bridge because of this happening? I mean, if these were big cables, we'd be looking at cracks down it potentially. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be able to see those things. Um, I, you would, but there are no other cables. Um, in fact, everybody make me a perception check. Okay. Everybody but Chris notices, because uh, some very good rolls for everybody, uh, notices that there are no cracks and that the cable is beginning to, uh, without any of the engineers who are there, and they have all sorts of wild sorts of devices, uh, the cable is beginning to move itself over to fix it, uh, to reattach. Um uh, kind of like you can imagine like a slinky just going down. This thing is, is kind of uh, uh, moving up and over. So it's moving out of its own accord of some way to reconnect. Uh, however, you can also see that as under the bridge where um, these bridges are not just steel and glass. These bridges are actually uh a food source for people. There are trees and plants and little mini parks under each of these railings. And those uh, trees and plants have turned brown and are dying. So it seems as if the bridge is fixing itself, but at the cost of the gardens underneath. So this bridge is actually alive. We, we know that this is normal. The, that the bridge is alive. So is it normal? It's normal-ish in the in the for you guys, um, like it's a, there's produce markets on all the bridges. Uh, they do all sorts of different types of things, um, f everything from like fruits and veg to uh, more exotic fare for like uh, medical issues and for you know you. Uh, can buy uh, the biologically grown uh, tools and implements for everyday life in the ninth world. Like Sorry, there's a. I, I think you misunderstood what I meant. I, I didn't word it correctly. My fault. Um, is the bridge a living entity? Um, well, the bridge has movement. The bridge has things living off of it. Uh, maybe. Like, this is something that uh if you want to spend some time studying sure or if you've spent some time studying i'll give you the answer um but if it's something that you're just trying to figure out now well no i'm trying to figure out if if our characters if this if seeing a bridge repairing itself is no big deal then there's no point concerning ourselves with the bridge fixing itself but if we're not used to this and kind of like a bridge repairing itself is a little odd, then that would warrant investigation. 
I don't know if we should be investigating, okay, our bridge is doing weird shit or our bridge is killing off vegetation to presumably power itself up. What is the distance from the bridge to the brown area of that, like, park grassy area? Like, what Good is question. it a, a far jump? That is a great question. So, um, I don't have my map or scale open right now, but the bridge is a fairly long connection point between both sides of this, this part of the city, right? But right from where the cable should be connected, there's the beginning of a park, and it's literally just a green space park. It's a smallish, uh, uh, maybe about half the size of a, or a quarter of the size of a baseball field, uh, just of like uh, a maze-like structure that with a center clearing for people to, uh, you know, uh, explore, meditate, whatever they want to do. And it's literally an aesthetic thing. Uh, that was the first to die. And then it is moving all the way up to the connecting point to the city center. Uh, so with it, by the end of the night, everything from that underneath where that cable was will be brown. Uh, well, all of the big plants would be brown and dying. So that park, that that died overnight? That died in minutes. Ooh, damn. Would I take any like huge sustainable damage if I were to jump off the bridge to try and land on that like baseball field park? If you want to do that, uh, feel free to make me an acrobatics check to see how big of a deal it's going to be. Like you could like, there's a lot of ways you can get it done. Um, but by the, no matter what, however way you get there, unless you can go back in time, which as of right now, none of you guys can, Maybe one day you will be able to, but as of right now, you will not be able to go back and save that. It's already dead, but you could do it, run there or head off that way. It won't take you too long. So just so before, so it's clear, if you want to land there, make me an acrobatics check. If you want to land there before it dies, that's impossible. Make sense? Understandable. I'm going to roll acrobatics. At which point I'll turn to Jack or Pod, whoever's closer. And did she just jump off the bridge? I didn't think she'd be that upset about me not wanting a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're glad you didn't dig it. Yeah. So, uh, Rue, you don't take any damage. Um, it's as if you were kind of built for these kind of uh, superhuman athletic feats. What does it look like when you land? Do you stick the landing? Is it some sort of like- Superhero landing. Yeah. How do oh, you stick the landing? It's totally a superhero landing. Like I do yes. it with like some fancy flips and I come down like a corkscrew turn. And then I, as soon as I finish, I put my arms up and my head up like a Russian like Olympic floor medal. Nice. So so Nadia Komenich over here sticks the landing, throws her hands up to, to succeed. Um, what you let when you land, your olfactory sensors are picking up like all sorts of uh, um, smell. You smell this, it's rot and mildew and uh, not gangrene, but definitely 
you've smelt death before. This is death, uh, not just of plant-like organic matter, but death itself is wafting from here. And you can see with the cable gone, uh, where the cable connects, there are a series of, uh, for lack of a better term, veins that are leading some sort of nutrient into this part of the garden. Uh, the, these are the maze itself, this meditation space, uh, are trees that and bushes that are not found anywhere else in the ninth world. Uh, Rue, since you're the first person from this party and this game to ever be there, what do they look like? Like when I say it's a green tree, uh, kind of like an English structured garden thing, what what is familiar to us as people from the 21st century? And what is just bizarro about these plants other think, than they've all died? I think aesthetically they do carry the same appearance of trees, but I kind of just imagine it that they have, like you mentioned, like veins that are like pumping and coursing almost like a circulatory system. And I think Rue and her very curious nature would want to see to where that leads and to try to figure out what exactly it is that's coursing through this kind of like circulatory system. And if it's something that could affect those that, you know, may t it could it possibly be poisonous? Could it be a, a disease of sorts? She has a resistance towards those things as a racial passive. So it wouldn't affect her. So she kind of feels a little more relief that her friends aren't in any sort of danger about it but she wants to like investigate and look a little further to see what's going on there. Cause this seems out of the ordinary. While Rue has jumped down and you guys are like, what the, what are you guys going to go down there? Um, are you going to join her in some way, shape or form? Can I actually call up them and ask them, do you have some form of a gas mask or an oxygen system intact with you guys? I don't think you should breathe whatever is down here in. That totally works for me. I, uh, I think I can handle that. Uh, from, you know, delving into to ruins. The, the armor does have a, an environmental protection system in the form of the resistance cantrip. Gotcha. Uh, so is there, is there like an actual land path down there so that we don't have to jump over yeah. the edge? Yes, it takes a little bit longer um, because it's, you know, a series of steps uh, to get you down there, but it's, you can get down. So one of Podgol's, like, I don't know, talents or nervous tics is that he's a tinkerer. Um, so he's just going to grab a bunch of random crap from his bag that he's been collecting that seemingly is useless to everybody else. And on the way down, uh, start fashioning them into his little wolf mask to make a rebreather system uh, as he's walking down there. Cool. Jack would have something like that already in his backpack that he carries because he does the excavation stuff with uh, with Chris and with Terrence. Terrence clearly wouldn't need it. Gotcha. Uh, so you guys all get down there. And once, uh, Rue, you get to make this check first. Um, Rue, in your case, I'm going to let you make a survival check. Uh, to see what is going on here. Um, Jack, make me an Arcana check. Chris, 
You get to make a nature check. Uh, before I do that. Yes. Um, instead of the, in lieu of the nature check. Since magic and technology are kind of a blurred line, would the detect magic spell actually be useful? 1,000%. Yeah, be totally worth it. And I'm looking for Pod. Pod, what type of roll would you make to... At the very least, you can make a perception check to see if you can notice something. Yeah, sure, why not? So I really don't think I have... I, I don't think I can intimidate it into giving me its secrets. You know, it. let's keep that in mind, because one day I want you to intimidate something into giving you your secrets. Okay. Yeah, it looks like a bunch of dead dead vegetation to me. So, uh, I'll start. So, uh, let's see. Rue has, Rue um, and everybody, oh, man. Rue and Jack and Vince. So. You guys all see a know get learn the following things. That one, this irrigation, this is a this these veins are basically part of a very uh very weird irrigation system and it's pumping through essential and not really found in this part of the world nutrients that keep these uh plants alive. Um these are synthetically grown uh you know, uh, cobbled together genetically plants. Uh, Chris also knows that this is uh, an artifact. This is powerful numerical technology. Um, as in, like, th when the city built, when the city built itself, that's one thing. But then to develop this type of vein system throughout the cables and through the the rails of these bridges that that is the sign of um an extremely powerful numerical device so you're taking the it's not a faint aura of magic it is an incredibly strong aura, aura of magic and is it confined to this area or would i believe that uh the the the, the life draining properties could extend beyond this little garden oh um, so none of this is toxic to you, to anybody with or without the rebreather. That's the thing that you're picking up. Like these nutrients, they are to, um, keep these synthetic life forms alive. Right. Okay. But what I'm saying is like, obviously they're going to run out of, uh, biological material that they can, uh, use here. Is, is it connected to like the other parks and gardens or like the city itself? You know what? Yeah. You can see through the, the magic. You can see now just through the veins, and you can see that there are veins connected throughout the entire city. Uh, like from that, from and they stem from the points within each uh, you know part of the city that they grow from. And so it's as if there's a venous system connecting all of the city. Um, in previous times, if you've ever done detect magic and researched the numerical properties of these of the bridges um it's always been faint um and you know that's because of the spirits that uh help build the city um others who uh with arcana and history would know that these are called nano spirits so you know a little bit about it but this is like this is like vivisection um so 
okay right, so so essentially how i see it is like a little uh antenna if you will kind of pops out of chris's shoulder and it does does the sci-fi thing of like the the holographic beam sweeping around and yes. that that those veins that you see is uh it comes up on a display on his forearm that kind of like overlays on a map of the city and i'll call jack over take a look at this what am i looking at you're looking at uh a holographic representation of a vein, uh, vein and nervous system, one that is um, as complicated, if not more so, than the average human body. Uh, this was specifically designed. And also, you know what? It is now safe to say that the city is alive, that the city is a, or some sort of like synthetic, is got at least bio, it's a biomechanical city. I'm going to look at Chris and say, how could we have lived here this many years and not known this city is alive? Oh, before you say that, um, what you do know is that the city built its, like, old New Yen, this wasn't part of it. This is all the new part of town. This is brand. So how you how you didn't know this city was alive, it's it's still a fair question, but I don't want you to think that, like, you've been living you've lived here the longest you would know if the city was alive like this but this type of tragedy is the first indication that the part that was built after um the old baron was kicked the baroness was kicked out this new part of the city that connects uh, other parts and is gigantic and the fastest growing city in the world yeah so makes sense like you didn't know because how would you have known unless you were like taking apart the city and like cutting into it, which is typically, you know, people don't want you to cutting on cables on suspension bridges. It usually leads to bad stuff. Yeah. I'll, so, I'll even turn to them and I'll be like, it may have been uh, dormant until it needed to wake up. But uh, I don't know about you, but this definitely makes me feel better about living on that side. You know, kidding. It almost looks like it's a dead spot, doesn't it? Like, if this thing is alive, it almost looks like this spot is dead. And that's what would have caused the suspension bridge to go as well. Like, what happened here that this spot died? Well, uh, while you guys are having this conversation, um, how long do you stay and have the conversation of... How did we know what's going on here? Rue looking at like, oh, look, these veins. And Pod Actually, if like I working could ask with his totem. Sure. Any one of them, would it be possible for us to take a sample from one of those veins to see if what's inside sure. is tainted in any way? And would any one of us have a scanner, because mine's gone now, that would be able to scan it to see? Uh, taking a sample would be relatively easy uh, for uh, Chris. Pod could probably come up with something as well, since he's a tinkerer, and as well as Rue. So uh, to take the sample, um, you would all just need to make uh, a nature, history, or arcana check, whichever you... If you don't have that thing, a raw intelligence check will will also suffice. Uh, Raj, technically, killing it with the rolls tonight. Yeah, mine would technically be a 15 if this is in somewhat like arcana related because Perfect. of my cunning. All right. So 
uh, everybody except Rue. Rue, I think it's not that you did you couldn't do it. You're just I feel like you're just obsessed with like what is going on here. Is that a good call? I think it would be more that um, as much as a as a cyborg could be, I'm a little shaken up. I think if I could convey any emotion, it would be sadness right now because it would upset me to see something that was living dying. Gotcha. Uh, the rest of you guys take your samples. It's going to take some time to rig up some sort of a scanner. You'll well, need some. Or... So Poggle is a test tube baby who came out of a, uh, you know, a nice little laboratory. I'm sure he swiped some things before he left. 100%. So, uh, I, you know, y'all could just come back to my place and I can show you the, the stuff that I got and we can use it for this stuff. It, it, it'll work. Sure. Uh, just be okay. aware, I haven't tidied up. It's, uh, it's, a, it's you know, it's still a work in progress. Well, uh, maybe, maybe Rue can help you out with that while we're there. Might be a bit much for her. But yeah, uh, so if we want to go back there and bring our samples, uh, yeah, I'll show you guys. Okay. Uh, my timer went off for the end of game time. So I think this is the good place to stop. Um, we are on our way to, after the first ever some sort of disaster in the city of Nguyen, uh, the PCs have come together, helped out the, the small folk of Nguyen, and have now taken samples of the damage and are going back to Pod's abandoned warehouse home to do a scan. So you should all join us next week. Oh, excuse me, in two weeks to find out what the results of that scan are and run into the next part of the Numenera for the lore episode. Uh, thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, you can find us. Why don't you all list where we can find you on the internet? Motherfucker can't remember. <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> I spent all day like saying, like, how does this work on D20? And what monster to I don't remember. We can find Vince. Uh, you can find the show notes at ForTheLore.com. Thank you for joining us. You can also find us on iTunes or Stitcher. You can find us on Twitter at ForTheLore individually. Joe. what? Damn it. I can't remember. You can what find Joe, Joe at I think it's Lord Yeah. Oh, go for you it, Allie. It's all Vince you. At Simodian. You can find Roger at Zen Buddhist. And you can also find Marty at Officer Gleason. And you can find myself at Pizza Maid. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we'll see you all next time. You're hired. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Allie's <laughs> running the next game. <laughs> We're doing main RPG vision. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince, a movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as Lore Watch, a Blizzard lore podcast co starring Joe. And if you're into comic books, check out All Comics Considered with Marty and his crew. Lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. You can find him at ManelliJamal.com as well as on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.